0: you beautiful people this is gary horde and this this is the nwa a podcast celebrating the past present future history legacy and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time talking about the national wrestling alliance and this is a this is a big day i am i am sitting here across but at a nice social distance from uh mr david lagreca (laughs) from busted open radio hello sir
1: Good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm actually sitting back about six feet from my laptop. So you got nothing to worry about.
0: That's perfect. Uh, we were we were talking right before this, like people. Uh, I, I taught Dave how to do his background there. And uh, uh, for the podcast listeners, this will make no sense. But uh, yeah, and then I have a green screen that looked all fancy. And now I can't make it do anything. So this is this is actually perfect.
1: We're we're both learning on, on the fly. I didn't know that you could change your background. I mean, I actually, for a Busted Open, put like the LaGreca Fatheads behind me and everything. And then you're like, hey, man, you could just like put up anything you want. So I actually have a shot of our 10 year anniversary party uh, from last WrestleMania weekend up behind me. So. Nice. brings just, back good memories, man. Good memories.
0: It, it looks like you just carry a fan base with you wherever you go. Like they're just like following you around and just constantly have stalkers.
1: That's the way it was before all this happened. They would just like follow me around. It was like, it was like a scene at of Rocky. Like everybody oh. would be just behind me, <laughs> but, uh, but that's not the case now. So I, I, I just have a snapshot there.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. So, uh, Dave, I, I guess, I, we're, we're obviously, we're here to talk about the NWA, but because I have you here, and I have, uh, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but uh, over the last little while, have just become a fan of what you do over on Busted Open. I, I was a late, late comer to the party, and um, and so a lot of people that I would see actually at NWA events were huge fans of David LaGreca and uh, Busted Open Radio, so uh, I think the first way that I saw you was a fat head like you, you were talking about that you had back there. Um, a friend, uh, I think a mutual friend of ours, uh, George is his name. And uh, he, he goes by WWE Front Row on Twitter. And um, mm-hmm. I, he sat in front of me and he had the head. So he started <laughs> describing it to me when I asked him. I was like, what's the deal with this head? And uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, it was just kind of interesting. And that started falling into uh, what you do. And uh, I just think it's so interesting, the show that you do, and it's, it's really laid back and cool. And I'm just kind of curious about your story. And I know you probably told this like a hundred times, so I won't bug you to like give me every little detail, but can you, like, how did you get into radio exactly? Like what's, what's kind of the background
1: with that? Well, I, um, I actually um, took radio in college. I did, I did college radio, um, I went to Bergen Community College, and then I went to William Patterson College. So I always had a radio background, and then I kind of got out of it. And then about 20 years ago, I fell back into it again, which was about five years after I had finished school. I fell back in, and it's something I always wanted to do. And I I worked for the NFL at Syria. I, I did sports talk radio at WFAN here in New York, ESPN Radio here in New York. I worked for the National Hockey League for a while. And then um, I started working for the NFL channel on SiriusXM. I started that about actually in June to be 16 years. And working at SiriusXM, which is really like hardcore niche programming, I always kind of pitched a pro wrestling show. And I got the support of Steve Cohen, who was my boss, and Doug Mortman, who was my original uh, broadcast partner on Busted Open. And they gave us the green light to do a show. It was one day a week for an hour. And then over time, <laughs> it just, and as the show got more popular, it just morphed into what you're seeing now, which is now six days a week, three hours a day, which is just crazy. But uh, come the end of this month, it'd be 11 years that Busted Open's been on the air, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that's super crazy. And the, and the thing is, is, you have this amazing fan base. Like I've gotten added to the, uh, since I started doing the NWA podcast, like that, like I said, people started telling me about you. They added me to like the busted open discord and there are hundreds of people on there just constantly talking about wrestling. And and that's kind of neat. And uh, it's just everywhere I go, people are, are huge fans of you, but were you, so you said you pitched it. Originally, so I, I assume you, you just grew up on wrestling your whole life, or how, how did you come about? I,
1: I, uh, I saw wrestling for the first time when I was 11 years old. And, and Gary, you'll appreciate this story. I'm, I'm a Jersey guy. I grew I born and raised in New Jersey. St- I still live in New Jersey. always have. Never left this state. Uh, but the first wrestling that I fell in love with when I was 11 was the NWA. Nice. A buddy of mine was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling on Saturday. I went to his house. And Tommy Wildfire Rich was on the TV, and from that moment on, I just became just a dedicated hardcore pro wrestling fan, but my my foundation and my love was always the national wrestling Alliance that was always that was always my favorite uh, so you know it 's great coming first full circle and talking to you here because even now with NWA Power, I say it on my show all the time. my favorite show. Is not NXT. It's not AEW. It's NWA Power on Tuesdays at six oh five because that's where I fell in love with wrestling was at six oh five. So um, you know the NWA are just the three most powerful letters of my fandom.
0: That's that's great. Well, actually, and you know the thing for me is what's completely opposite is is I grew up in Georgia originally, and which should have been Georgia Championship Wrestling for me, but for some reason. Around the time I was growing up, my first memories were of WWF. So uh, I actually started out there, and NWA always seemed, uh, well, then it was getting into WCW and all of that stuff. It, uh, it always seemed like this rough, uh, weird side of wrestling that I, it took me a little while to like, come back and, and really rediscover. I was looking at like wrestling magazines, uh, a lot of people probably don't even Know what those are anymore, but <laughs> I was looking at wrestling magazines, and I would see guys like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, and yeah, exactly. Pro Wrestling yeah, Illustrated.
1: I have a I have a huge collection of wrestling magazines, but go on, please. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, it's okay. You know, actually, what's funny about that particular one is I'm supposed to have a debate with them on this show here coming up because uh, they announced the other day on Twitter they were like the the championships we recognize as world championships are you know, WWE, AEW, New Japan. And I think, you know, maybe there was another one, but that was it. And I was like, Oh, come on. Where's the NWA in that? Nick Aldis. He's the real world's heavyweight champion. And uh, it, it kind of caught a little fire. Like people were going back and forth asking about NWA. They had some people from impact, some people from ring of honor and stuff fighting with them. But uh, I was like, I want to have a debate about this. The NWA is the oldest, greatest, wrestling entity you know we we gotta gotta recognize the real world champion and uh so they're actually yeah anyway they're gonna come on the show we're gonna have a discussion about that so if you have any tips eventually you can toss them my way
1: you got it i i yeah definitely uh definitely talk to me before you talk to them Uh, and i love pwi Stu Sachs, who's just stepping down is like the godfather of wrestling magazines and kind of underappreciated when you look how important those magazines were back in the day And it was actually Nick Aldis, you know, your NWA world heavyweight champion that got us together because he, uh, you know, he brought us together on social media about how, you know, I needed to be a guest on this show. So, uh, you know, I, I, I consider Nick Aldis to be a world heavyweight champion for sure.
0: Oh yeah and that guy's been really great to to this show he was my very first interview i got on here and uh he kind of broke me into that territory when i was too nervous to ask he was just kind of like you you know if i'm gonna keep doing interviews i i should do your show do you want to do an interview and i'm like i i guess and uh anyway so we'll get to that in a minute but uh so so who are your like when you when you think back on wrestling like who were your favorites like what what inspired you the most or who who you who were you drawn to, I
1: guess? Well, like I said, the first the first wrestler I, I ever saw was Tommy Wildfire Rich. An interesting story, because you said that you fell in love with the WWF first. When I when I first saw wrestling, like I said, I was by my buddy's house. I had never seen wrestling, but I had heard of wrestling. So I said, Is this the WWF? And it was like, Oh like I I, I it was like I insulted his mom. Like he was <laughs> like, Whoa, well, like then no, the WWF is fake. The this is the NWA. This is real. Nice. So that stuff is fake. This is the real stuff. So for about a year, it was just all I watched was Georgia Championship Wrestling until I started reading the wrestling magazines. And that's when I kind of discovered all the other different wrestling associations. But, you know, my all-time favorite wrestler, and without a doubt, it's not even close, is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. You know, he was – the champion he was the guy that held the 10 pounds of gold and you know without a doubt like there was other wrestlers that i like but nobody touched the nature boy rick flair all-time favorite
0: so when you when you talked about like the uh the real side like this is the nwa and WWF's fake um what how, how did you end up coming down on that did you did you eventually start watching wwf and just accepting it or have you always had like the you know, because that's a big debate sometimes, like, if you get caught up online, like, uh, not not necessarily, like, the overly real and overly fake, but some people, you know, like, as times change, it gets a little more loosey-goosey with, like, how things are portrayed, and some people are very, you know, still very particular about, if we're going to do this, Let's let's suspend disbelief, let's get into this.
1: Yeah. So No, I mean, for you know, for you know, for me, it was the wrestling magazines. By you know, by looking at the wrestling magazines, I saw a picture of Jimmy Superfly Snook on top of the cage against Bob Backlund, and I just saw that scene with Jimmy Snook on top of the cage with the with the long hair and the blood flowing on his face, and I was just like, I, "All right, I got to check this out." And you know, and there were elements of the WWF at the time that for me were very real. You know, the, the, the feud with Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik, I mean, I don't know if you could still see it on, on YouTube, like they're battling backstage and Chief J Strongbow and Vince McMahon are trying to break them up and they're dropping F-bombs. And I was like, whoa, like this, this, is, this, is, this looks real to me. You know, when Roddy Piper hit Jimmy Snooker with the coconut on Piper's pit, like that looked real to me. So it was always like, especially back then when the perception was everything you see is real, It wasn't until later when the WWF became really over-the-top cartoonish that it was always that battle of, all right, what's real, what's not? All right, this may be fake, but what I just saw there was real. So uh, that was always kind of like the fun and the magic of pro wrestling back in, you know, the early 80s before, you know, that boom of Hulk Hogan.
0: One of the cool things about what you do is is with – Folks like Mark Henry and and Bully Ray, um, I mean, how does how does your you guys seem to to blur the lines? You 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 play a little bit about what's going on, like story wise and all of that, but you also, I, I like the style of how you guys talk about it. Um, but how does that play with with those guys? Like, how did or I guess. I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this, but, like, how did they get brought into that world of talking to you about it? Like, Bully always struck me as very serious. (laughs) Like, he would not goof off about what he does. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And and I think think that's the fun of Busted Open is you're seeing a different side of these guys. You know, um, Mark Henry was our first ever guest on Busted Open and because of that he listened and he became a fan and you know we actually sat down him and I uh just before Wrestlemania 32 in Texas and you know this is something he always wanted to do he wanted to do radio so I said to him I said hey when you finally retire and you say goodbye call me because I would really love you to be a part of this show and he was into it and you know, and you could tell with Mark sometimes is that, you know, he'll talk about behind the scenes. The curtains definitely been peeled back, but he has probably a rougher time than anybody about, you know, he still likes to keep that facade up of what is going on. There's there's still that part of the performer in him. Uh Bully became a part of the show. He was a frequent guest on the show, always respected it. And him and I had an argument about Okada and Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom and I was talking to him and I was like you know what this would be a really good argument on air and then that just morphed into a conversation about hey did you ever think about being a radio host and that's how you got bully. and Tommy is somebody who is always kind of involved with Sirius XM because he dealt a lot with our fantasy football ch- and, and baseball channels on Sirius so it was an easy transition for him but uh You know, to answer your question, I think that was the toughest thing is them battling being an athlete and being a pro wrestler and then being a radio personality. And, you know, when it comes to wrestling, because like I mentioned earlier, I worked with the NFL, that's a tougher transition. A lot of football players say, "Ah, this is easy. I can just talk football. I know football. And then they go on there and they find out how difficult it really is. When it comes to wrestlers, you know this, Gary, their personalities already. Their personalities, before they even turn on a microphone, they know how to do this. So it's a much easier transition for them than it is for anybody else. And Gary, Tommy, Mark, and Bully, they're, they're even more than just wrestlers. They're fans. So it's easy for them to talk about being the wrestler, but also the fans' perspective. And that's what's great about Busted Open is I'm the fan. I'm not Dave Meltzer. No, no disrespect to a Dave Meltzer, but I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not coming on the air to give a rate, a star rating on a match. I'm giving the fans perspective. I'm just like you, Gary. And I'm just like the guy down the street that's watching raw on a Monday night. I I don't want to lose that perspective. I'm the Uber fan. It's Mark and bully and Tommy that give you the wrestlers perspective. And I think that's a a really good combination for on air.
0: Yeah. I like it. I, I just, uh, I think with my bully thing, uh, just real quick, the first time I ever saw him was, uh, or, or I saw him in person, I met him, and uh, it was because I happened to land in the same airport that he was in, and it was in like Evansville, Indiana, and him and Devon were there. They were sitting in a bar, and, uh, and The Undertaker was there. And so, oh, it actually Tommy Dreamer, now that I say it, it was like Shelton Benjamin. Anyway, they're all sitting in this circle, like just hanging out. I freaked out, so I kind of fanboyed about it. But I walked in, and all I had was this little sketchbook that I had, and I just wanted to ask him for an autograph, right? So I, I sat down with them, and I, or I walked up, and I was like, hey, can I, can I get an autograph from you guys? And Bully just had this, like, death glare. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, like, kind of shaken. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, God. You know, what do I do here? But anyway, he's like, yeah, give me the book. You know, and so like he took it and he signed it and he started passing it around. So everybody's passing it around this circle. And I sit down in a chair right there with him, and I'm just sitting there like all giddy. And uh, I look over at the end and the undertaker is sitting there and he's just staring at me and he's like, you're sitting in our circle. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you don't belong in our circle. And I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get up. He's like, he's like, if you sit in the circle, you got to at least buy everybody a beer. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And I jump up and I, I don't think he expected me to do this, but I was just like, I'll just buy everybody a beer. And uh, so I started to walk up to the bar and uh, he like puts his hand on my chest and the Undertaker's huge. I'm sure you've met him, but like puts his hand on my chest and he's like, no, it's, it's fine. Just, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just freaking out. I didn't know you guys were going to be here. And he's like, well, shit, we advertise. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair enough. And uh, so like, I just go and he's like, just, just wrap it up with your book and all that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I just go and sit back down. i wait for the book to come back to me and then it gets to me. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm still planning it. And I look back down and I look at him and he's like, you're back in the circle. <laughs> and I'm like all right I gotta go anyway yeah, but he movie. and Bully were the most intimidating people I've ever seen in my life just for that story sorry to sorry to draw that out with you but I just it, no, no, it's the first I, thing I, I think of him
1: like that. <laughs> because when when Bully was TNA champion uh, you know and I was doing the show um Dixie Carter was a fan of the show and she liked us going and broadcasting from the pay-per-view so Back at that time when when Bully was champion, uh, we would do broadcasts, you know, and it was a a great experience because, you know, that's where I first interviewed Sting and AJ Styles and Kurt Angle. And the one guest we would never get was Bully Ray. And I would always ask TNA PR, can we get Bully Ray? And they would never get us. And so when we were at one of the broadcasts, one of the pay-per-views, I was able to talk to the PR person face to face instead of over the phone or email. And I was like, could we please get Bully Ray? You know, he's champion. And they were like nervous to go up to Bully Ray and ask him to come on. Like the PR people for the company were nervous to ask him. So finally they asked and he said, yeah, he goes, I love those guys. And true story. He he comes and he had a beer in his hand. He comes and sit that, sits down at the table to do the interview, and he goes, uh, "Just give me one second. And he got up for just a, about about a minute, minute and a half to go talk to somebody. But he left his beer there, so I took the beer and I I just chugged it. I chugged it and I put it <laughs> and then I, I put it back down. And, <laughs> and, and Doug Mortman, who's my broadcast partner, he was like, "What are you doing?" I go, oh, I figured this is a good way." to break the ice. I mean, either, either he's going to laugh or he's going to storm off. He's a very big man, Dave. But what he did is it's so funny. He sits down to do the interview, puts a headset on and he picks up the beer bottle. And then he notices it's empty and he he looks confused. He just puts it down and and he never mentioned it. I thought that was hilarious, but you know, um, you know, we, I think one of the things early on that a lot of the wrestlers um, really respected about the show was that we never, we, I, I, I'm not an expert, you know, like, you know, Gary, I, I can, I, I love wrestling. I love talking about wrestling, but I've never stepped between those ropes and wrestled, So I've always had the utmost respect. You'll never hear me completely kill anybody because they're doing something I could only dream about doing. So I think because we've always had the respect. Now, I'll, I'll be critical. You know, if I don't like something, I'll be critical of something. But uh, I will never absolutely bash something because, especially somebody's performance, because that's something I can't do. And I think that respect, I think the wrestlers themselves respect that. So I think that's why we've always been able to get guests and get the respect of people. So that that's something that I've always been proud of.
0: That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, just to, to keep the critique to maybe – the part that doesn't involve them maybe just if you're curious about a storyline and, and that sort of thing. Um, Does it, have you gotten to the point now that it does what you're doing now, growing up a huge fan of all of this and like you're, you're in there with professional wrestlers and you're interviewing constantly new professional wrestlers. This is a full-time gig for you now. I mean, does it feel like work or is it finally like entered this phase of, I, this is peak. This is great.
1: Yeah. I mean, shh, don't tell my boss, <laughs> but it, it, it does not feel like work. I love, I love what I do. Uh, maybe too much. You know, my wife will, my wife, the will attest to that, that maybe I'm, you know, I, I don't turn it off, which I, which I, I should do a better job of, but no, this is a dream come true. Are you kidding me? I, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, the people I've met, the people I've become friends with, uh, the people have supported the show. I, I I couldn't be more thankful. And it is, you know, I'm lucky. It is my career. It's it's what I do to support my family. Right. So uh, I'm very very lucky that that this show has gotten big. And it and and it right now. And obviously we're going through a really bad time with the world and everything that's going on. It's just it's unbelievable. I mean, just it's 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 such a nightmare. But you know. I have this show that's kind of my escape, you know, turning on the microphone, talking to you, talking every day has been my escape and hearing other fans say it's been their escape, like that, you know, turning on, you know, Sirius XM or, you know, seeing our podcast and seeing our videos, like that's been an escape for them. So like, that means, the, that means the world to me. So uh, that, that, that's, uh, I never lose sight of that. The, the, the fans always come first and, to be able to hear during this tough time that that's an escape for them, that that, that means a lot to me. But it it is definitely a dream coming true. When I started this show, I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams that it would have gotten this big to the point that it's the number one uh, rated sports talk show on Sirius XM. So, you know, um, for, to hear that and to find that out, that's just, it's mind boggling and it's it's because of people like you that support our show that I I really appreciate.
0: Well, that's fantastic, and I mean, you're talking about this fan base that says it's an escape for, it, for you. How do you? What do you? What do you think it is about your show in particular? Because there's, believe me, I know I, I niche down to the NWA because a it's my favorite, but also b it's you know not as crowded as like if you want to talk about everything. There's like thousands of things that talk about w w e and a e w now and all of that so what what do you think it is about yours that that brought everybody to, to the strong community you have
1: um i, I think that's you know i'm thankful for SiriusXM x m for giving me the platform to do it because by doing that is that we are live now right now it's a little bit difficult to do that because of what's going on in the world but our usual time, time slot is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time. And we're live. So we can take phone calls. You know, it's not a podcast. It's not something that we record at the beginning of the week and it drops at the end of the week. We are live. So we are able to take phone calls. And that's really how we've built up uh, our fan base is is from that, is that we talk to the fans on the show. And I, that's, the, that's the hardest thing right now is that we can read tweets and we can read Facebook posts but we can't take phone calls right now because of what's going on because we're all doing the show from home. Very difficult, but we're working very hard and we're hoping that, you know, within the next few weeks we'll be able to do that again. But that's what kind of separates us from everybody else. And listen, I'm a big, po- I love Conrad Thompson. I love Jericho's podcast, JR's podcast, Tony Giovanni. I piss my pants. I love your podcast because I'm such an NWA mark. I-, I love the NWA podcast, but, uh, we're live. So it's really, it's, it's what I've learned in my world of sports talk radio. And I brought that into pro wrestling. So we are a live sports talk radio show.
0: Right. That's uh that's a really good point. I, you know, I, was doing live streaming. I'm trying to get that started back up, at least on YouTube. But uh, I, I definitely did see some benefit from like actually the, the interaction with the fans. So that that makes
1: a lot of sense. And the what, other thing too is that like I don't really look at as, as Busted Open as a pro wrestling show. I kind of look at it as a morning show for pro wrestling fans. So okay. like, you know, Mark and I, we'll talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw, but we'll talk about like, you know the embarrassing moment during dinner last night. Like you know, my my wife Violetta is a major character on the show. They you know they they know her just as well as they know me. Mark's son Jacob, it, it, he's a character and personality on the show. Uh, like you said, like you see a different side of Bully. He jokes and 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 he's he's a prankster on the show. So like I kind of look at it as a morning show uh, for pro wrestling fans.
0: That's that's a good way to look at it. Um, how how does your wife feel about being a character on the show?
1: I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if she's a big fan, but that's too bad. Um, <laughs> you know because this is my life, and and now she's a part of it, and she's really adjusted well because she didn't know wrestling at all before she met me, and now you know she it's a part of her life. When you know when we had the ten year anniversary party, you know there were fatheads of my wife's head you know like it was crazy (laughs) and the biggest part where i really uh, realized our reach is at um wrestlemania 34 when when bully and mark were inducted into the hall of fame they invited my wife and i to be guests so we kind of came out it was weird we came out with the wrestlers which was really odd so like you know, we we're coming down, coming through the, the backstage, the red carpet, I'm like walking the red carpet with my wife. And then we, when we went into the arena, there were chants of Violetta in the arena. And I'm like, wow, like they, they not only know the show, but they know my wife. So, uh, you know, she's a very private person, but I'm sorry, you know, when, you're in the, when you live in the world of Busted Open, you're, you're a part of it. So she's definitely a part of it.
0: That's amazing that she's uh kind of had to learn to accept it uh, i I want to circle back to something i swear I swear we're going to talk about the nWA but I'm just so interested in this stuff too um you you mentioned earlier to circle back you mentioned your wife talking about you don't turn it off or you have trouble turning it off I imagine with with like your show you uh you have to watch everything or it feels like you have to watch everything is that i I know we already talked about does it doesn't feel like work but does that feel like a struggle sometimes having to keep up with everything that's going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the biggest struggle I'll say is, you know, three hour raw on a Monday, not going to lie. That can be a struggle sometimes. Uh, I love Tuesdays. I love, I love NWA. I love uh, impact. I would be watching that if it wasn't for busted open Uh, Wednesdays, AEW and NXT make it easy. SmackDown sometimes could be a little rough, Uh, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but I, uh, you know, that's what the weekend is for. I could watch it on the DVR, MLW, uh, I, I championship wrestling from Hollywood. I, 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 uh, I watch all that stuff. So, uh, it's, it's not as difficult as you think because okay. of DVR, but, uh, but, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm in front of my TV watching that live. So. Uh, but but that's but that's fine with me because I probably would be doing it even if it wasn't for Busted Open
0: gotcha so what do you think it is about NWA that brought you back in you mentioned it being your favorite show and that sort of thing I I I know you said obviously you grew up on it Wildfire Tommy Rich which by the way I wanted to say earlier is a name I see all over the place like People in the Facebook groups, I'll like go check those out for NWA and stuff when I'm trying to push out an interview I did or something. And people just constantly talk about Wildfire Tommy Rich. That guy is super over with everybody still to this day and nobody's doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, 81, 81, 82, 83, he was without a doubt the face of Georgia Championship Wrestling. And Georgia Championship Wrestling was – you know, that national show before the WWF went national in 1984, you know, because even though it was a regional promotion, it was on TBS, which was on cable TV. So it was all over the country. So, you know, in that era, in the early 80s, you know, Tommy, Fow- Tommy Wildfire Rich was probably the most popular wrestler in the country.
0: Right. So, uh, sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but what do you think it is about the NWA that really brings you back? Is it just that it feels like what you started off with?
1: Well, you have, you have that foundation of the feel of what I grew up with, but then also uh, what really drawn, you know, drew me to the NWA is Dave Logan's 10 pounds of gold series. Right. Like that series was so well done. And, you know, that's before Nick Aldis. That's when Tim Storm was your champion. And uh, th- those, those features that he did were, were amazing. And for me, and, and listen, like I've been lucky. You know, I've been on the WWE Network. Uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, had the chance to be a part of a lot of different organizations and a lot of different shows. The biggest thrill for me was being a part of some of those 10 pounds of golds because it had that brand behind it, the NWA. So, like, it was more important for me to be on a a 10 pounds of gold than on a video or a series on the WWE Network. I didn't grow up being a fan of the WWF. I grew up being a fan of the NWA. So it was very important to me that Busted Open was a part of this resurgence of the NWA. A lot of people didn't believe in Dave Lagana. A lot of people didn't believe in Billy Corgan. Um, I love the fact that they were trying to do something with a brand that was as prestigious as the NWA, but was dormant. So I wanted to get behind that. And I'm so glad I did because now we have NWA power. And like I said, it's my favorite show of the week by far.
0: I love that because that's exactly kind of – I always wanted to do something like talking about wrestling, but it was, I, I was a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan growing up. And uh, so when I saw Billy Corgan bought the NWA, it was just like all of a sudden, like lightning struck in the exact right place. I was like, oh my God, well, that that's the place I want to focus all of my attention on. So I, I also was watching the 10 Pounds of Gold stuff. And so now that you're saying all that, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm lying. Because I, I remember you from the 10 pounds of gold series or at least like in, in the clips they did in the interviews you did with Aldous and stuff one in particular is like I and I'm only bringing this up because you can tell there is a reverence that you have for the NWA is like when Marty and Nick were gonna face each other for the first time and there's that thing where uh Nick brings Camille in and you guys are in like a a live setting uh lots of people around or something and he is announcing like the rock and roll express is going to be of the Crockett cup and stuff like that. And, uh, I always thought that was super cool. And you always seem to have like this, uh, appreciation for them and, and what they're doing. So, and, and that certainly must've helped them along the way. I don't even know if that's an actual question or if that's going anywhere. I just really wanted to say that.
1: (laughs) No, no. And and I'm glad you did because, you know, I I, kind of waved the banner for the NWA because that's what I did when I was a kid. Because one, it's hard being a wrestling fan. That's hard enough, especially back when I was a kid. It's even harder to be an NWA fan in New Jersey during Hulkamania. So, like, you know, even then I was waving the banner for the NWA and I was very lucky because when I was younger, the NWA and AWA would combine together and they would run shows in the Northeast under a banner called Pro Wrestling USA. So in New Jersey at the Meadowlands in 1985, I was able to see the Midnight Express against the Rock and Roll Express. I was able to see you know, Ric Flair defend the NWA championship against Harley race. I, I you know, I saw um, the road warriors go up against the Freebird. So I was able to see a lot of those matchups that most people only were able to see on TV. I was able to see that in a live setting in New Jersey. So uh, I, 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 I've always been waving that NWA flag.
0: I think it's really neat too. the 10 pounds of gold. Like you mentioned seeing like wildfire Tommy rich and, you know, recognizing Ric Flair carrying the 10 pounds of gold that's a that's a really cool thing about that belt I think that there is this actual legacy and they're working really hard to recognize it so that when you saw Harley Race back in the day uh the belt that he would carry this is part of that lineage of of all of that and, and you watch WWE right now and it's it's tough to keep up like you can't I, there was a time when I was watching WWF that I could tell you every world champion, like, straight through. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I could do That's that. with impossible, the NBA, but But now, like, I would it's have impossible. no idea who's had it, who hasn't.
1: Oh, when you think of lineage, you're right. Like, in the WWE, it's it's impossible because it's, it changes hands so frequently. But if you look at the lineage of the NWA, and you mentioned that 10 pounds of gold, like, if you look at, you know, a Briscoe and, and a Harley Race and a Ric Flair and a Dusty Rhodes – and a Nick Aldis, like, I, I don't think there is a break in that. Like, you know, I put Nick Aldis in that same type of vein. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I do. I really don't think there's a break off when you look at those great world champions of the past and then Nick Aldis, the way he presents himself, the way he carries the flag of the NWA. When, when you heard a Ric Flair uh, promo. He always had that 10 pounds. It, w- it was about the championship title first. You know, Harley Race would hold it. The way he held that championship is the same way that Nick Aldis holds that 10 pounds of gold. The way he cradles it in his arms. You know, that that's not lost on me. Like, Nick Aldis, you could tell, has the respect of, and vice versa, of a Ric Flair and a Harley Race and a Briscoe. his you know, he sat down, he spoke to Harley Race before he passed. I could tell that Harley Race respected him and looked at him as a world champion. I don't know if a lot of organizations, if those champions, rever- you know, have a reverence of the past and the championship, like Nick Aldis does for that 10 pounds of gold.
0: There's something more real about it for sure. And no, it doesn't sound crazy, buddy, not on this show. But uh, no, we look at Nick Aldis like he is. Uh, the real world heavyweight champion, just like he says on Power. So, would you say that he is? What? What? Who's your favorite? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Like who? Like who's your favorite on Power right now? Who's on the roster? I guess.
1: Well, I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa. You know, she's been a guest on our show. Um, I've developed. Well, we've nice, had her
0: too. You know, not to brag. Yeah, she's but.
1: amazing. I, <laughs> I'm just I, I, you know, She's she's awesome, and I, and I, you know, I've developed uh, Tasha Steals is somebody that I've known long before she came to the NWA. She's a, she's a, a Jersey girl who's just done phenomenal in the ring. And she's, I, I love her on NWA Power. Melina, I love I love Melina on NWA Power. Eli Drake. Uh, uh, James Storm is, is, is a great guy. A great guy and a great representation of the NWA as well. And, and you ask me who my favorite is. It's impossible. I just rattled off six or seven names and, you know, question mark, who doesn't love question mark, you know? So uh, Nick Nick Aldis, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of personality and characters that are part of that NWA brand right now. And I'm missing that show with everything that's going on. I, I, you know, our minds kind of, you know, morph into like this, this just a nightmare that's going on in our world right now. And I just hope that you and your family are safe, Gary. Uh, during this whole ordeal but I miss my NWA power on Tuesday night so you know this thing but you know somebody better do something they better find some kind of vaccination or something to stop this so I can get my NWA power back on Tuesday nights
0: hey I'm with you man I I feel the exact same way and and you know it's it's funny even what you just said I, we're all on the same page completely because I uh I, I was like Thinking, oh, maybe we'll play the name game, and I'll I'll write down some guys from NWA and some girls from NWA, and I'm like, as I'm writing them, I'm like, who do I want to cover? I'm like, I like everybody on this roster. Yeah. Like every, they're so good at. I had Sal Renaro on last week, and he's been, you know, he he's just now kind of coming into his own, like storyline with the May Valentine, Royce Isaac stuff on the show. But like, Sal was one of the coolest people I've ever talked to, and it, it just Every time I had Caleb Conley on at one point, it's like every one of those folks you talk to, you start to like really appreciate them. And then the NWA becomes this roster of like, why aren't these guys just like running the show at like some massive billionaires corporation, but also I'm glad they're here, you know. It's just uh it really is an awesome Billy and, and Dave are are amazing at at choosing their talent, I think.
1: Yeah, and 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 I and I and you know Dave Lagana works his ass off and he gives me a lot of crap because he th- he says I'm cheap, which is not the truth because uh I suffer from lack of funza. Which brings me up to the point where I first reached out to you to begin with, is you can finally buy. Uh, the Lagreca shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. There's a sale going on. There's 20% sale going on right now. So make sure everyone who's listening, and you too, Gary, go to ProWrestlingTees.com and buy a Lagreca shirt. Help I swear support to- me help support me, support you, Gary. That's what I, that's
0: what Yeah, I, no, that's beautiful. I appreciate that. And I promise you, I was not going to leave that out. I was gonna, I was gonna get there. To it. Uh, so. I wasn't gonna <laughs> let
1: you leave it out, Gary.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm, no. look, I'm trying to show that I've, I'm, I'm working my way up to be at, at David LaGreca status. So like one day, one day. But uh, so I guess, let, let me ask you this, because I don't want to keep you and I want to, I want to respect your time. But do you think that this where you're at right now, Um do, do you have like other goals? Like what what is David LaGreca looking to do? Because you talk about this job that you have. And I'm just curious on a personal level, like you get to hear, and, and to a guy like me and, and to I'm sure a lot of your community is like, this is dream job. This is peak. We plateaued. Like what what are you like thinking like as far as what is your goal for the show and everything else?
1: You know, expand the brand of the show, expand the Busted Open brand, expand my brand, Dave LaGreca. Um, you know, we conquered SiriusXM, which was, uh, you know, getting the show five days a week and being able to do that and getting the okay. And there's a lot of people involved in it. It's not just a one man show. Um, you know, Mother Marissa who's the head of the channel is somebody who's Mercer Reeves has been phenomenal. And, there's there's a lot of people behind the success of the show. It's just not me getting Tommy Dreamer and Mark Henry and of course Bully Ray to be a part of this is a big part of the success of the show. I I I, I completely give them so much credit for being a part of this. But you know, Gary, it's it, it's expanding my brand. You know, expanding busted open. What can we do? What other platforms are out there that we can expand our fan base and expand the busted open nation? And I'm and I, I, w- I definitely want to do that, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, I, I've, I've refereed, I've ring announced, you know, maybe I can do some co- commentating. Who knows? I'm willing to do anything in this crazy world of pro wrestling. Uh, nude mud wrestling. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Okay? You could be my tag team partner, Gary. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. You know, I'm willing to do everything and anything to, to see this show reach heights because I never thought we would, we would get this big. So to me, the sky's the limit. Once we've gotten here, why not see where else we could go? No,
0: that's, that's, that's interesting to me. So yeah, something I was definitely curious about. Uh, all right. One last question and then I promise I'll I'll shut up and, and let you go. But obviously I can't bring you on here uh, doing what I do and having, having the man on the show without asking, what would you say to somebody like me as far as, Interview tips like keys to, to to look for, like when you're trying to build a brand like you have done, and uh, just like speaking to these people that we uh almost idolize, I guess, as far as all of that goes. You know, anything I've done here, if you want to keep the mean stuff until after I've stopped recording, that's fair, but uh, but yeah, what, what do you what, what are like some pieces of advice you could give with that,
1: you know? Um I guess it's the age old motto is just, you know, work your ass off. Like don't take shortcuts, you know, uh, you know, you know, it takes a lot of work and when you do something that you love, it's not work, but you got to, it takes a lot of elbow grease, man. You got to put the sweat in. That's number one. Uh, number two is don't take no for an answer. I've heard no, you, I, I, I've heard no more now than I did back when I was in high school. And that was a lot, Gary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but seriously, don't take no for an answer. Don't, don't, don't listen to the critics. If you believe in yourself, other people will believe in you. And and the other thing is, is make it conversational, Gary. Like you didn't interview me today. We you and I had a conversation. Don't think of inter, don't think of it as interviews. Think of it as conversations. Uh don't be afraid to let your guard down don't be afraid to make fun of yourself don't don't be afraid to let people look into your world have a thick skin you know yeah hey i I, am more than happy to make fun of myself bully has something to say let's roll with it man if if, you know i am not afraid to let people see the the personal side of me you know um they know everything about me my fans know everything about me they know my you know who i'm married to who my daughter is and what music i like and, you know, and I think that's a good thing because my fans are my family. My fans are my friends, um, you know, appreciate them. Don't don't take them lightly. But, you know, as, as a professional side though is conversational, just make it a conversation. Don't make it an interview. Uh, and, and again, when it comes to that business, I do not take no for an answer. If I took no for an answer, this show would never be on the air. If I took no for an answer, we wouldn't be on six days a week. If I took no for an answer, this wouldn't be my career. Uh, you know, it's don't take the easy way, take the hard way. It's very easy to take that road that's clear and has that easy path with the sun at the end of it. Don't take that road because if it, if it, if it seems like it's too easy, it is too easy. Take the one that's rough, man fuck it, dude. Like if you have a dream, grab it and go for it. And it's, I'm telling you right now, Gary, it's worth it. It's worth to take the rough road because at the end of that road is your dream. Your dream is at the end of that road. So if you believe in it, other people will believe in you. So take it and do it and do what your heart tells you to do, not your brain.
0: Well, my wife's going to freak out when I just like bust out of here. Like, I'm going out there. I'm going to do this. That's thing. right. And you know what? You know He's what? Like, You're on quarantine. your
1: wife doesn't believe in you, take her to the curb, Gary. You, there's, <laughs> there's, there's so many women that would be, would be lucky to be with you. So if she doesn't believe in you, believe in yourself
0: well, I'm just going to keep this recording to play for myself every morning now. So that's just what I'm going to do. I, I don't know. Like I'm inspired to just bust out the door. And my wife's going to be like, it's quarantine. You can't go out there. Just stay inside.
1: Now, if I could just motivate my kids, if I could just motivate my kids, like I motivate you, Gary, I'd be a happy father.
0: Well, I, I say good luck with that. I, I think, I think they're pre-programmed to just not want to hear what you have to say. I think that's just part of the job, but Dave, thank you again yeah, so much right. for doing this, man. And by
1: the way, don't eat your wife. You're, I'm sure you're, I'm sure your wife's a wonderful woman. Don't don't.
0: don't she is it, wonderful. Man. And say with
1: your wife. You're 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 a good aunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's she's great, and I, I'm sure that it's not an option for me anyway. So uh, no, but. Uh, Dave, okay, uh, I guess I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell everybody. Uh, well, tell tell people where they can find you. I can't imagine that anybody is listening to this that doesn't know who the hell you are. But uh, plug your social media and stuff like that if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, please. You know, um, you know, we're, you can listen to Busted Open on SiriusXM Monday through Saturday uh, on channel 156, SiriusXM Fight Nation. You could subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. It's free. It's available on Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's some exclusive content that's not available on the show that you can get on the podcast. So even if you listen to the show and subscribe to Sirius, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can follow me uh at DavidLegreco1. That's at DavidLegreco1. And you can follow also at Busted Open Radio. And now I have my own Pro Wrestling Tea store. So Go to ProWrestlingTees.com and search Dave LaGreca, and there's a 20% sale going right now. So buy as many as you can. Buy them for your family. Buy them for your friends. They make great birthday and Christmas gifts. And now that we are all inside. You want to look good, so, you know, you want to buy some LaGreca shirts as well. People, please.
0: Bag. Please buy the David LaGreca shirts. The man is in quarantine and using this time to benefit others. And you can't ask for more than that, David. Thank you so much again, sir. I appreciate you doing this. This has been a, a true honor to talk to you.
1: And Gary, thank you for waving that NWA flag, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate you and appreciate everything that the National Wrestling Alliance is doing. So,
0: Thank you, sir. Oh uh-huh.